Well, good morning, all shore. So glad you're here with us today to worship together. I want to invite you, if you're in the room with us, will you stand and join us as we worship together? And even as we're experiencing rain today, what a, what a blessing after a month or more of drought. And I was just reminded, you know, we're told in scripture that God is to us living water. That when we drink of his spirit, when we drink of his presence, that Jesus tells us that a well springs up within us. And it's a well that never runs dry. And so I don't know where you are today as you enter into this place. You might feel really close and connected with God, or you might be in a place where you're just feeling spiritually dry. But I want to encourage you to engage with us today. Engage with God's spirit. Invite him to send his reign, so to speak, over you today. That you will be refreshed in this place, and that we'll go from this place just feeling recharged and ready to bring his light to the world. So with that, let's pray. God, we come before you. We invite your spirit, Lord, to do what you want to in this place. We are grateful, Lord, for the opportunity to worship your holy name. We say in the name of Jesus, amen. Let's worship together. I feel it in my bones, you're about to move. I feel it in the wind, you're about to ride in. You said that you would pour your spirit out. You said that you would fall on sons and daughters. So
ask right now that you would just give us hearts, Lord, that would be open to you. God, that we create within us openness, that, that there's room, God, for your spirit. We pray in Jesus' name.
up the ground.
hope is that can be the prayer on all of our hearts this morning is just asking for God to meet us in this place. Whether you're coming in this morning experiencing great joy and celebrating what's happening in life, or whether you're coming in with burdens and doubts and anxieties and fears, may we just all have that prayer for ourselves and for one another that we would experience God this morning. As we join together, as we continue in worship through coming before God in prayer, I want to invite, as is our custom here, for those of you that may be experiencing a burden, that may be experiencing something heavy, that are asking for prayer, that you would just take a seat. And also this morning, as we have a chance to celebrate those who are graduating this morning, our graduating seniors, those who are graduating from college, I'm also going to ask if you guys would be bold and take a seat as well. And I would ask that those of you that are around, would you either lay hands on or extend hands towards our graduates, towards those in our congregation that are looking for prayer just as we come before God this morning. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to be in the house of the Lord this morning that we are gathered together as one body, Lord, as one church united under your name. We are grateful for each and every person, Lord, that is here in this room, and we just know that as we look out amongst the congregation, there is a wide variety of needs and thoughts and prayers on our hearts, Lord. We lift up those who are celebrating that are going through moments of great joy and triumph, and we pray that you would just continue to lift them up and to encourage them and to elevate them, Lord, so that you are glorified by the ways that you are moving and working in and through their lives. For those, Lord, that are struggling, that are going through moments of deep hurt or deep need, we just pray that you would be there to sustain, to lift up, to encourage as well, that you would be a comforter, that you would bring peace, that you would bring patience, Lord, that we would just continue to see an intervening of your spirit in a way that only you can. And Lord, as we have a chance this morning to celebrate our graduates, those who have finished their high school career, those who are finishing their college career, we are just thankful for your provision, the way that you have guided each and every one of their steps to bring them to the place that you have them right now. And we know, Lord, that whatever their next journey entails, whether it's going off to school, whether it's heading into the workplace, whether it's going to a residency or an internship, Lord, or whether it's taking a gap year, we know that you are specifically preparing them for the plan and for the mission that you have called them to. And so we just pray that each and every graduate in this room would just be reminded of your love for them. Be reminded of the desire that you have to be in personal relationship with them and that you will continue to empower them and grow them as they embark on this next journey in life. And Lord, as we think locally today about our kids and our youth ministries, we are thankful for the work that you are doing in the hearts and the lives of the young people in our congregation. We thank you for the movement of your spirit, for empowering and lifting up teachers and volunteers that are willing to pour into these students and the way that we just continue to see growth amongst these ministries. Lord, and as we think globally about the church, we just pray for Corey and Jen serving in Mongolia. Lord, whether their needs are financial as they are looking at what bivocational ministry means, whether their needs are physical, Lord, for healing, whether their needs are for wisdom, for projects, Lord, we just pray that you would continue to move in and through their ministry, that you would bless them, that you would uplift them, that you would provide for them in a way that all glory and honor belongs to you. God, we are just so grateful to be gathered together in this place and to be gathered under your name. And so we pray in that name, Lord, the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who gave his life for us that we may experience love and joy and eternity with you. And it is in all of these things, Lord, that we pray in that name. Amen.
I want to invite you guys to have a seat this morning. And I want to welcome you to All Shores Wesleyan Church, our Spring Lake campus. If we have not had a chance to meet yet, my name is Pastor Aaron. I serve as the high school pastor here. It is a privilege and a pleasure to do so. You'll see up here on the screen in a moment, we will have a QR code that directs you to our connection card. If you are brand new to All Shores this morning, we want to welcome you and thank you for joining us. I hope that you are greeted warmly as you walked in. And know that that connection card is a place for you to get connected with us. We would love to learn more about your story. If there are ways you are looking to serve or wanting to take a step closer to Jesus, know that we would love to walk with you alongside that. But if you are a regular part of our family, we are thankful that you are back here today and know also that that connection card is a chance for you to reach out and to express any prayer needs or any opportunities that you may be looking for as well. We have a special opportunity this Sunday to celebrate our youth and our kids as we are celebrating first and foremost we are celebrating Promotion Sunday for our kindergarten through fifth grade students. We are so privileged to partner with families to be able to disciple the next generation. We are thankful for the volunteers that have been training them up in the way that they should go. So we want to celebrate each and every one of our students, each and every one of their parents, and each and every one of the volunteers down in our kids' ministry this morning as they have just been pouring into and preparing them. And we would just ask moving into this season that you would just continue to pray over our students, over our families, and over our volunteers, that they would just be privy to all of the great things that God has in store for them as they continue to know and to grow and to follow Jesus. Also, as you may have heard, we are celebrating this morning Graduation Sunday. So we want to honor and recognize the class of 2023 as they are graduating and celebrating. So outside in the lobby, you will see how we have a table recognizing our graduate with some cookies as well. Don't worry, those are for everyone, not just the graduates. So you guys are welcome to partake, come over. And if you see a graduate this morning, just take a chance to congratulate them and be praying over them as they continue in your next journey. If you are a high school graduate and have not received a gift already, please come over and visit me at the table. I would love to grab you a gift. Last thing that we have this morning is, as you may know, Pastor Pete and Jane will be heading out on sabbatical shortly here. And so out in the lobby, we have a table with these prayer cards for Pete and for Jane. And we want to encourage you guys, before you leave, to stop by the table and to fill one of these out, whether with a prayer or whether with a word of encouragement, and to drop them in the basket so that Pete and Jane, as they go and refresh and re-energize and reconnect with the Lord during the season, may just have these prayers and encouragements for them from you guys. And last but not least, we have up on the screen our tithes and offerings, which is another portion of what we do here at All Shores is worship. And we want to thank you for your faithful tithes and offerings that have allowed us to support the ministry that we are doing in our church, in our community, and our global. And so we have ways that you can give online up on the screen. If you're more comfortable giving in person, no, we have boxes outside at the exits if you're more comfortable giving that way as well. We just want to continue to encourage you in that practice of worship and want you to know that if you are a guest here, there is no obligation to give. And we hope this service is a gift for you now. And now we invite you just to turn your attention to the screen as we have more information about Global Leadership Summit. As you work towards your next goal, your next milestone, your next season, you don't have to wait for permission to grow. You can lead right where you are. All across the world, there are hundreds of thousands of leaders like you 
in business, in government, in schools, churches, and nonprofits who are gathering together as one community for one event, the Global Leadership Summit. And you're invited. Experience two days of transformative teaching, art, and storytelling, all designed to help you push your boundaries and maximize your influence to create a better world. At the 2023 Summit, you'll hear from world-class leaders like Condoleezza Rice, Pat Gelsinger, Liz Bohannon, James Clear, Aaron Meyer, Ryan Leak, Patrick Lencioni, Francesca Gino, Dave Ramsey, Anita Elbers, Albert Tate, and Craig Rochelle. No matter your place or your position, the summit will empower you to lead wisely, to lead boldly, to lead where you are. Register today. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ continually fill you with the Spirit. May the Spirit reveal to you the incredible worthiness of a lamb and may you join in with all of creation responding to him that way and living for him and through him for his glory and your joy in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen Well, I want to welcome those joining us online and all of you here at our Spring Lake campus as well on this Sunday. In just a minute, I'll invite us to pray as we prepare to open the scriptures together. I'm, I'm here with Aaron. I, I actually, unbeknownst to him, I asked him to come up first service. He knew it this time. But uh, So yesterday was our regional conference, which means our movement comes together uh, for our kind of our polity and, and for significance too. And Aaron was with most of our team in... Uh, in Grand Rapids at one location. I had to actually lead at another one in Detroit, so I couldn't be with them. But we want to celebrate because Aaron completed his ordination and was ordained yesterday as a pastor and elder in the Wesleyan Church. Yeah. Yeah. And we do. That's a significant milestone. We simply want to celebrate. And since I couldn't be there, I also wanted to pray for him. So sorry you're just with me. You're going to do it too. But I actually think it's a very meaningful thing for us. And uh, so let's pray. Lord, we thank you for Aaron and the calling on his life. We thank you that you have even clarified, really consecrated and confirmed that yesterday. And so, Lord, we together say how grateful we are for him and the work you're doing in his life. We pray, as we do always, for the deepening in character and that it will always run run ahead of giftedness, but that his skill and his gifts will follow as well. And the destiny and the joy you have for him will come in every season. And we thank you for this one and how we can be together and be part of it, both to receive and to give. So we thank you for him, we bless him, and we celebrate your work in his life. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Let's, uh, let's just celebrate again with Aaron. So we're going to, uh, before we open the scriptures, this is our pattern. We invite you to pray. We say it very cleanly and specifically. Listen, it's not about information or persuasion. I'm not going to convince you. It's not just I didn't know, but we believe it's about revelation. So in essence, what we're saying is we think God reveals himself when we open and talk about scripture, that he moves. So all we're asking you to do is will you pray? Would you ask him to speak to you, to lead you, to reveal himself to you? 
And your posture can be anywhere from doubt and skepticism to I'm full throttle going to anywhere in between. I'm atrophying, I'm struggling, I'm doing well. Whatever it is, just be honest. You pray in the quiet, and then I'll pray for us together. Lord, I thank you that you made us to be yours and to be yours together. And I thank you that you want to be with us and you want to reveal yourself to us. So I'm asking that nothing would hinder that. You know, Anything I have to say that's not from you, it will fall to the ground, it will be forgotten. Anything confusing would not be ruminated over. And those things that are from you and that you want to speak, would you speak? Whether through what, what I say or through directly, you just whisper and prompt I'm asking that the words I speak and the way we respond in our hearts and actions would please you, our rock and our redeemer. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. So if you haven't been with us, we're in the third week of a series we've called The Big Three, and I'll come back to what that is. We'll be looking specifically from, it's really been a blessing from the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. We're going to look specifically at this wonderful blessing the Spirit wants to give us that Paul speaks of. Before I do that, I, I want to take you with me for just a minute, and I was thinking about this over the last week, is uh, I'll be part of a denominational event uh, with our missionaries from all around the world, and I've, because our church has been so involved and had such a passion for God reaching the world, we've seen over years lots of things change in lots of parts of the world. And you, you get, so when we're with these different groups of people, you're kind of reminded as you see when, oh, the work's been going on there for 30 years. Oh, it's just happening here. Oh, you're learning this there. Oh, there's churches actually growing up that you're just supporting and engaging with. And one of the common patterns that happen when people begin to try to reach parts of the world is that because they have their own language, first you have to learn that. And then oftentimes you get to a large enough group where you have to begin to say, how are they going to ever read the scripture and know how to actually understand this in a language that's their own. So translation becomes a major part in different areas of the world. I was reading of a story this week of the Kari people, which are in Africa, really around the equatorial line, uh, equatorial line. and uh, when they were first, this group was there trying to help translate, that's what they were doing. What happens is you get stuck on words that are meaningful. So they were stuck on this word paraclete, which is a word to describe the, what the Holy Spirit does saying, how are we going to translate this? And we'll come back to the word because it's its own interest. But So they're kind of stuck. They're just listening and watching culture. And they're not necessarily watching it to find the meaning, but they're just watching and asking questions. On one particular day, there was a group going out to the bush, and they had uh, barrels, uh, areas on their heads that they were carrying out to and then back from. And this person noticed, oh, they all go out with something heavy to carry except one person. There's always one person that goes without it. And so we would all think, and they did too, oh, that must be someone that's in charge. Like they're probably making sure everybody does everything and gets them back okay. And of course, like you and me, they're probably thinking, I want that job. I'll just help them on the way. And after, uh, after enough time, they asked someone from the people group what was going on. And they asked if they were in charge. They said, no, no, they have a very special role. This person goes watching all the others because if any of them get too much for and they fall down and cannot carry it, this person's job is to come where they are, fall down with them, and to pick it up. And there was an actual word for it, which means the one who falls down with you. That's the word. 
And they went, that, that's the word for paraclete. And paraclete means to be your helper. It means to be your advocate. So they found out of experience a word that was meaning that people could understand that's what the Spirit does. Now, I tell you that today for several reasons. One is, for many of us, the Holy Spirit is not unfamiliar. We might even be able to give language to it. But I want to say this. First of all, it's not just language. We want to understand what does that look like. <laughs> that's what matters. You can have a language and go, I can explain it, but I don't get it because we don't live in it. I also want you to understand that that very picture is very contradictory to how we live. We would say in our world, first of all, each one is to carry their own load, and our heroes are the ones that carry it when it is tough, that when they fall down, what do they do? They gut it out and they get back up. And I would also tell you, in our world, there's not a group of people going out because what we do, we do alone. So as we examine, as we engage in this blessing from the Spirit, can I just remind you it's foreign to us even though we might know the language of it. And I'm praying that God would expand and help us to actually experience and discover how to live into it. Okay, so that's where we're going. That's gotta be a work God does. All I'm here to do is try to help us understand it. Now, the text I chose for this series, these three weeks, if you haven't been with us, and this is the third of the three, I chose in particular because it's a benediction. It's a blessing Paul gives to the church in Corinth, which means he's asking God to do something through this. It's really just a short statement. And I said very specifically, as, as some of you have heard, and, and we've said it enough times, but I'll be going on sabbatical. This is my last Sunday preaching. I'll be here next week with a guest, uh, and then we begin, Jane and I begin to travel um, the following week. But I said, this is what I want to pray for you and give to you. Because this is what we call a priestly prayer, which means it's a imparting. We're asking God to do something. And I told you, this is my prayer for you every day for the next months. So I wanted to say that's the context of this. And here's the, the text of it, the very blessing. And I'll make a quick review of the first two weeks if you haven't been here. So it's may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and this is today, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now, in case you haven't been with us, and it's okay to remind us anyway, the first week, the grace of the Lord Jesus, as we said it very simply this way, that Jesus is for us. Grace is an unearned favor, so it means he's for us. And we said it this way, it's abundantly, it's proactively, and it's sacrificially. It's rooted in the fact that he's for us by coming and dying on our behalf for sin, not just dying for sin, for our sin, but also dying to sin to allow new life to come out of it. In other words, he conquers sin. But it's not just a one-time act. It means that he lives for us to help us. Not meaning he does our bidding, but meaning he's for us. Get it? That's what he said the first week. Second week, we looked, and this is really an image of the Father. By the way, Paul is giving us such a beautiful image of how God is one and three distinct persons, the Son, the Father, the Spirit. Now, I don't want you to make a confusion here. That means Jesus does this, the Father does this, the Spirit does this. There, there's a beautiful mysterious, captivating of all of it, but there's some definition to go. Paul saw it, one God, three persons. So now we have the Father, the love of God, and we said last week very specifically, God is radically loving and relentlessly loving, meaning he loves us in our brokenness. He doesn't love us and go, man, you gotta fix this so I can look at you. He looks at the most broken places and says, I'm here and I love you. And it doesn't go, he loves you more when you're doing well and loves you less when you're doing poorly. He's actually loving you all the time. And now we're to this third part, the fellowship 
of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to explore that together. And there's a personal side and a communal side. And I, I just want to say this. <laughs> I'm curious, how many of you, has fellowship been a word you've heard lots your whole life? Just show of hands for people to have. So, so a fair amount. A lot, of, a lot of you have it. And I grew up in that too. And I don't know if fellowship is a fun word or blech. Because I know for me, fellowship is a bit of a blech. It was kind of like the guy, I had, and I'm, I'm, fortunately, it's not, there's not, it's an amalgamation of people. But you'd have a guy in the church like, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. It's a good day, praise the Lord. And you're like, dude, I just don't believe you. This is weird. And I'm not saying he wasn't, but somehow it wasn't believable. And fellowship was the same thing. Let's go get some fellowship. Can we head to the fellowship hall? Because in the fellowship hall, we get together and we chitty chat. That's what we do in the fellowship hall. Like, it's just weird. I didn't know, hey, come on. I can't imagine calling a friend and going, hey, you want to come over so we can have some fellowship? I wouldn't use that word. It's just not what we do. So I'm saying, listen, I understand it's a weird word to us. Now, it's a powerful word because it's a beautiful picture to it. And it's this multiplicity of beauty. It's, it really is being connected and in community. It's a beauty of partnership, meaning somehow our lives are working together and entwined. There can be meanings like common sharing, so there's a sense of mutuality and living back and forth. It's really being in communion in a way that is not well explained outside of it. And this is a simple way to understand it. It's not a fellowship built on condition like, well, as long as. Because we live a lot of relationships contractually, you realize. Hey, I love this friendship as long as I'm getting what I need to from it. And I'll give you what you do. We'll have some reciprocity. Or as long as you don't do something that just either irritates me enough or annoys me enough, we're done. Now, I'm not trying to include heavier things like betrayal and that. That's a whole other realm. But I want you to see this is a powerful phrase. And it's a powerful idea. And initially, and we do this, I'm not saying it's bad, you and I tend to read every passage of it's me and God. That means the Holy Spirit has fellowship with me and with you and with you and with you and you. And so we'll start there because it's true. And, and I want to be clear, it means that God is in communion and connection with us through the Spirit. Now, I, I talk about this a lot, and it's not because I don't think you get it in your minds. It's because we need to get it, and we need to get it, we need to get it, we need to get it. So if you go, he is so redundant on this, I'll go, you're welcome. I'm going to keep being this way. And, and here's why. If I were to ask you, where does the Spirit live? Many of you will know. What is your response? Where does the Spirit live? In us. And you say that, and that's true. Now, if I were to make it personal, where does the Spirit live? In me. And you would all. Many of you would agree, and others would go, yeah, that's true theologically. But a lot of us don't really actually believe it. I don't think, is the Spirit with me? Do I know what that means? Do I know what it looks like for him to be present in my life? And even when we talk about it, I'll often find a normative answer is, I think the Spirit's with that person. They're kind of more spiritual. Not the spiritual like, praise the Lord, fellowship, but the spiritual like, I see something in their life where it's transformational. And we assume God is present with them but we also dismiss it in us in multiple reasons. Sometimes we do it because we don't know what it looks like. Maybe he is present, but do I know how to discern that and experience it? Maybe it's because we think God would never do that. I just can't believe he'd get close to me because I've not had a lot of people want to do that or I don't think he does it or I think I'm broken or I think other people are different. I want to be clear. We understand it. We don't really understand it often. And, and that's why I'm going to keep saying it because I think we need to keep moving towards it. 
So with that, I want to give you a picture, and it's really from something Jesus says to his disciples, and I'll go to the text in a minute, but I want to give you the picture first. I often hear people say, hey, if Jesus is real, why doesn't he just show me himself? Why doesn't he just stand here with me and walk with me? And in fact, he had to tell his disciples it's going to be different when I go. So understand, if Jesus were just with us, he'd only be limited with whoever he's with being present, right? And be near us. And that's what he was with the disciples. And by the way, on the best day with him being near them, they still were a serious case of messed up. Like watch them with him with them and then watch them when the Spirit's filling them and you'll see a pretty big difference because something changes. And so would it be better for him to just be with us in a limited way near us or what would it look like if you were actually in us and with us? Would that be better? Just think about that. And we'd agree. We want his presence in us. And that's exactly what he says. He dies, rises, and says, you wait. My presence is going to come and be with you. And this is what he says before he actually dies to prepare his followers. Hey, listen, I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to give you another advocate. By the way, this word advocate is paraclete. It's the very word that we talked about, meaning he's going to give you someone who falls down with you. Now, tell me that's not incredibly encouraging. And I'll just remind you before we go on, we live in a world that those who are winners win because they've got more grit and they self-make and overcome. That's, what we, that's our heroes in our world. And in case you don't know, that is not a helpful hero to a Christian. And I would tell you, I've seen those people, and there are some great overachievers, but make no mistake, there's some serious problems beneath the surface somewhere in that life. It's, a, it's, a, it's an illusion anyway, so I'm sorry if you're an overachiever. I'm telling you, you're still messed up. That's my story. So Jesus is saying, listen, I'm going to send you an advocate, one who falls down with you to help you and be with you how long? Forever. The spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. In other words, here's barriers we can have. We don't see him. We don't connect. We can't really believe this. That's not true of someone who follows Jesus or shouldn't be, but he's making it clear that's not something that happens naturally. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And I love this last part. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Do you understand Paul's blessing is one reminding us, did you know you're not alone? I want to be really clear. Do you know you're not alone? Like, I think we don't believe it. And I don't fault you if you go, I don't see it, I don't feel it, I don't experience it. That's a barrier that we need to keep moving and understanding. One of our problems is we think if we don't see it, we're supposed to either pretend or just live that way. Nope. We get honest and we work together on this thing to grow. So my hope, I'm going to just give you some of the descriptions of the Holy Spirit. There's lots of words. There's over 40 that describe the Spirit. So you can't go, here's one word like paraclete, and I'll tell you. And I only, I'm only giving you 10 just kind of as a sample. But I'm kind of curious. I wonder which one you might need right now. Which facet of the Spirit's presence in your life you might need and what this means. So I'm, I'm basically going to walk to, through some to describe it. We won't spend a long time on it, but the first one is breadth. Um, this is really, it comes from the, the Hebrew Bible, because at first God is described as wind or breath. In fact, when it speaks of the wind blowing, it's speaking of the Spirit covering the waters and hovering. The idea of God breathing life into us and giving us our human spirit is the very breath of the Spirit. You want to know why we're different than every other animal on all of the planet? 
because God breathes, breathes into us a human spirit. I always love when, when people simply think we've just kind of become this through all process of millions of years of evolution. And I'm not speaking to how the things happened, but it's fascinating when you go, I don't know any other animal that has moral conduct, has different kinds of ways that we, we view good and bad and evil. And, like, we're different. Let's just agree we're different, okay? You know, that's the breath of the Spirit. It also means, though, that the Spirit breathes and blows into life. He's described as a wind, which means you cannot predict how the Spirit wants to move. So how do you like that God lives in you and you can't tell him how you want it to be? Oh, you like that, do you? You control freak, 21st century people from West Michigan? Come on, can we agree? I don't even like it when, when I don't know when my phone's gonna work. Can you imagine if God breathes and blows and it's not where I planned to go that day? Have you ever had your schedule disrupted and been completely irritated and thought it was very, almost of the devil? Guess what? Get, a, get ready. Because God's going to breathe in places you did not plan on and not expect. Imagine just embracing that. You're welcome. That's the first one. <laughs> the next one is our advocate. And we already described this. The idea that God helps us when we fall down. I always picture us saying, oh, I love that picture. And then going, well, that's only if you fall down because someone tripped you and it wasn't your fault. If I caused myself to fall down, God wouldn't help me. Yes, he would. He's not sitting there going, oh, you idiot, you fell down, get up. <laughs> Do you realize God's with you in all of it? You cause it, it's caused to you. He wants to help you. Now, I'm not talking he's going to enable everything. Oh, put it in me, fell down, I'm picking up. I'm telling you that he's there and he cares. You understand? I think we look for him to be kind of out to get us, and there's a lot of rules before he'd do anything. He's our helper. I love that. It's a proactive picture of that. He is our comforter. <laughs> and this one for me has been significant, and it continues to be, because we live in a culture that, first of all, dismisses grief and need for comfort. When there's sorrow, a go-to for a Christian is to remind you, hey, God's in control. God's got it going, and God's going to work this out for good. You're like, well, thank you. That completely invalidated my pain and suffering. I shouldn't be sad. Did you know both can be true? Did you know that God's heart aches, even if for some reason he was aware or knowing what's coming? It's not like he sees it and goes, oh, I got to God's heart breaks with you. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is present to comfort you when you're in sorrow? Here's the only thing, you don't get to push it away and say, D I'm not gonna grieve. It's so sad to me, because oftentimes we either push it away or we say, I'll do it alone, and God himself is saying, I'm the first one there when you're sad. And make no mistake, comfort is meant, the very words in Hebrew for grieving and being comforted are being present. I, I always tell people, come like, I have no idea what to do and when someone's really through a tragedy and grieving, I'm like, neither do I. It's not like you get this list of words or things, but what I know is I'll move towards them and I'll be present. Because guess what? What we bring is we're not alone. You want to know what? The Holy Spirit's the first one there. How about if we just ask God to be present with us? And we actually tell him what we're having trouble with instead of pretending we shouldn't be. And by the way, I have the side note, you can be mad at him about it. It's not like he goes, well, don't blame me. God goes, you tell me anything you're angry, confused, and struggling with. That is the biblical witness, by the way. It's called lament. 
It's called complaint. <laughs> it's okay. Holy Spirit comforts us. He's also the convictor. And, and I love the distinction between condemnation and conviction because I think we often are taught or kind of perceive God as if he's watching us and we do somebody like, oh, I knew you were going to do that. Come on. Why'd you do what an idiot? What's wrong with you? Almost like God forgets us. I, I wasn't speaking to you specifically as you're walking down. I just walking <laughs> down like, no, I didn't mean it. Sidetrack, it's where I go. Getting close to sabbatical, it's getting worse. Uh, <laughs> no, to me, one of the beauties is embracing God's conviction means, can you imagine God's for us and he loves us? What he wants is just more for us. And God can see both the devastation that's caused by what we do wrong to us and to others. So imagine he's grieving over all of that and he just wants more for us. It's not like, let's say you go rob a bank and you go destroy somebody's life. God goes, oh, that was just bad. But I love you, it's all good. God looks and goes, this is heartbreaking. I want to help you understand the devastation that's happening and get, make it right. That's conviction. And in case you don't know, this is true of all the attributes of the Spirit. We can what's called quench the Spirit, which means we just keep ignoring and ignoring. Now, don't worry, it doesn't mean it'll never be there. It just means it gets harder to hear. I call it like spiritual earwax. So for some of us, maybe the prayer is, God, would you clean out the ears a little bit for me? Help me hear. Soften my heart so I'll listen. Convictor. He's our guide. He's the one that wants to help us through those things. He's not just kind of breathing in the wind and going, good luck. He wants to help us get, get through things. He also wants to give us wisdom in situations. He's our teacher. He's the very one that wants to help us. I love this because whenever people learn to read Scripture, I'm like, you ask the Spirit to help you. You know what? It's very different when God leads me through a passage than when I'm just trying to figure it out academically. And I love, I love learning and all the intellectual processes of discovery and history and language, but man, knowing the Spirit leads, and that is a, something develops in all of us. The Spirit wants to teach every one of us, and we hit a barrier and just like, well, I must not want to tell me. It's a barrier we have to keep walking through and learning from. He's also the witness. He gives witness to the truth. And make no mistake, it's a witness distinctive on Jesus. Have you ever had something where you see something going on around you in someone's life and you can see, oh, that's Jesus? Or the very conviction, the very understanding that I think this is actually true. Jesus really did live and die, which isn't disputed, but he really rose again. That's not just you. That's the Holy Spirit in you bearing witness to go, hey, just so you know, it's true. Like you can't explain it. It's kind of like it wells up inside and you go, I just know this is true. Something in this grabs me. It happens in moments of worship. We sing of a truth and we're like, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do but something is bearing witness in my life that this is real. When we taught on the last series, the last message, I taught through some things of Revelation, and we were in all these passages of worship. And I don't know about you, but the weight and the beauty of Jesus was expanded for me as I was even talking about it. And when we're singing, it just got bigger. Like something about it was bigger. And I remember going, okay, I can t that's the spirit. It's bearing witness. It's true. This is real. Jesus is a lion and a lamb, and he reveals himself. Oh, it's real. That's witness. You get it? Okay, I don't want us to miss this. Then the last two, and really the last one is the most significant. It's the spirit of truth. We live in such a culture of nothing is true to anybody at any time in any way or everything is true. And I'm just telling you it's going to get worse for everybody. 
I am so anchored into this, man. I just want I want the Spirit to help me know truth, and I want us to live in that. And that's why we continue to engage in Scripture. For all the ways it gets misrepresented and all the confusion that happens, God will continue to move us in the right direction and lead us back. And truth comes that way. And this final one, the spirit of adoption. <laughs> God's presence in us is a revelation that we're his sons and daughters. That, that, that's the biggest one right there. You and I are adopted as sons and daughters. What God created us to be, his sons and daughters, and we broke through Adam and Eve, and we continue to break every person, every generation ever since, is restored through Jesus that you and I get to be sons and daughters. You want to talk about the fellowship of the Spirit? It's making us his again. And I know that you, I can see it on your faces, how incredibly profound and exciting that is to you, right behind the fatigue in all of your faces and stoicism. I know it's there. I know it is, because you're West Michigan people. Yeah, my, my passion emotions about three, five, 20 million layers inside. It's there somewhere. And it only comes out during sports events. <laughs> or someone who's driving like an idiot. It comes out there too, but. <laughs> Sorry, it's very sidetracked, but I always enjoy it. That's the personal side. He also says, may the fellowship of the Spirit be with you. And I want to give you a picture of this. First, on the negative side. So if you've been to Russia, there are, orth there are Russian Orthodox churches all over the country because that's the largest movement. And some of them are 1,000 years old, some of them are hundreds of years old. And one particular church that was several hundred years old had become empty. In fact, maybe 25, 30 years ago. And then not too long ago, be, there began to be some movement that the Russian Orthodox Church thought we should re-engage they went to go see the building, and it was gone. I mean, the entire building was gone. They're not talking about a small house. They're talking about a very large building. So they begin to go, what happened to our building? <laughs> Good question, right? Is this a miraculous intervention? Is this something else? So over a lot of research, they discovered what happened was over the course of about 20 years, people would go into the building, and they would cut out a brick. And they would take it, and they would leave. And they might take 10 of them, and they would get money for them. And over 20 years, brick by brick, day by day, the church became no more. Now, I tell you that because, at least in my lifetime, I've never seen a time that we have more insulated and isolated and disconnected as we are now. Like, we're kind of disconnecting from each other one brick at a time. And I realize you're all here, so you're going, well, I'm here. What are you talking about? But I mean, in general, we disconnect. And what we're connecting to, in fact, and, and I've hammered on this a lot, and I don't mean to be I'm not like anti-technology, but quite honestly, we have lived in virtual relationship that isn't really real and tends to more cut us apart. Because now we go online assuming we're in need of community. We don't get it, but it inflates the things we're frustrated about with each other. And by the way, it does that through technology. It has intelligence. It goes, oh, you hate this? Let's give you more of it. And then we find ways to connect and disconnect there. And it's not authentic relationship. We have all sorts of courage with a keyboard, but we don't have honesty face-to-face -face in those things. And in case you don't know, and I'll say it this way, in the last few years, I have realized there are people I know that I thought were normal, and I found out they're actually crazy. <laughs> I'm not lying to you. They're crazy. 
Like, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was a seed that was planted. And it was like, well, it's been sitting there dormant. It just went, boom, crazy came out. And it wasn't just a crazy, it was like just crazy things. Now, I also know that they're looking at me going, I don't know what happened. He was a normal guy, and now he's crazy. So you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Here's the deeper piece. Do you know what I, I'm finding more, though, is even if there's places of craziness that are confusing, that every one of us is complicated, and there's a lot more mix in all of us. It's not crazy insane. It's a little crazy here, a little crazy there, big crazy on that one, but still a wonderful heart in the midst of all of it and some other things. And so I'm telling you that to go, there's a different process we need to go through instead of continuing to cut ourselves out and move away from to actually move towards relationship, even with some of the crazy. And you will know it every time you see me because you're like, let's be honest. There's some crazy right here. I mean, you, you know, there's some good things. There's some things like, he really should. We need to go thank Jane that she's even still here, you know? Because we're all a mess, aren't we? I love we say life together because life is messy. We're like, oh, that's you, though, and you. It's not me. I'm clean. No, we're messy. I want you to see the other side of this, though, from what is happening, from what God wants. And this, we looked at this text recently, but for a different reason. This is Paul writing to another church. And this is the picture he gives. Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household. You have received the spirit of adoption. You are built on the foundation of the apostles, the prophets, with Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In other words, Christ is the cornerstone of the building. The apostles are building the foundation. And guess what? Every one of us, brick by brick, is meant to be this one family built together. It's not a church building in the sense of physically. It's a spiritual building. He goes on to say in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become the holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built not just individually, what? Together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Guess what? The fellowship of the spirit is not just Christ in you, the presence in you. It's his presence in us, and it's his presence in you and me coming together. Did you know he actually meant to take things that are crazy and put them next to you? And he took your crazy and he put his other people too. Amen? He took your brokenness and the things you're confused about. He goes, I'm building my church. I love how Peter describes it because he says, don't you make these stones, don't clean them up, let them be what they are, basically. Let them be authentically what they are because the same way God works in us alone, he works through us together. So the fellowship is the fellowship. It's the connectedness he wants for us, not just the connectedness to him for us individually. The spirit is with us individually and together. And this is both encouragement and admonition. Let him breathe life into us. Ask him to breathe life into us. And ask him to build us together one relationship at a time. Two sides. I'm wanting you to push into and ask God to reveal his presence in your own life. And I'm asking you to move toward each other. In a day and age when we are moving ourselves away brick by brick, would you bring your brick back? And start connecting more. I, I look at summer, this is a time we actually can see people. We all hibernate in the winter, which is a whole other problem. But 
We like the hybrid, and then some are like, well, I need to play. So I don't want people that play. They need to play like I play. If they don't play like I play, I don't want to play with them. That's how you sound. I've heard you. <laughs> That's a time for being connected. Man, could we start building the church instead of moving it to sell it and be our own people? That's the invitation. Let me pray. Lord, as I asked at the beginning, I'm asking you to move. I'm confessing there's not a thing I can do to convince anybody that you love them and are with them, but I pray your spirit will. So I pray individually for each person. They would sense and grow and discover and lean into your presence in their life every moment of every day. And then, God, I don't know how you want to do it, but would you build community and connection for us, deepening relationship by relationship connection instead of separation. And then finally, before I pray, I'm just going to ask you, either here or online, if you have not followed Jesus, all we've been talking about, this is my best case I can make for you. So I'm bearing witness to you. Jesus is for us. He died for us, he rose for us, and he continues to walk with us. The Father exemplifies an unconditional, radical love for us, and the Spirit is with us to lead us and live differently. I'm just telling you, if you haven't followed Jesus, there is not a better way, and it is the way. And I don't want to miss saying to you, if you have, and I think today you ought to. So I'm going to just guide you specifically. And here's all you say is, Lord Jesus, I want to know how you're for me. I want to receive your forgiveness. I confess sin, and I experience and, exp and receive your forgiveness. And you just thank the Lord for his love for you. And then you ask the Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you be with me and in me to fill me and breathe life into me? And then I pray if you did that today, you would not only know that you're his, the Spirit would bear witness in you, but you would live differently. And then get with some other bricks, okay? To love differently. And Lord, I just pray your blessing and your peace over that for any among us that have responded. In Jesus' name, amen. We always give a little space to process. Let me have you stand. We're going to worship. And I will tell you, because this song is very, very centered on the spirit breathing life and moving among us, perfect thing to sing and ask God to do for us individually and us together. So let's sing it even as a prayer, asking God to move, and then we'll have communion in this. These are places where we continue to say, God, you speak however you want to to us personally. So you're just asking God to make things clear as we listen. Let's worship together. Spirit sound, rushing wind, fire of God, fall within. Holy Ghost, breathe on us, we pray. As we repent and turn from sin, revival embers smoldering. Breath of God, fan us into flame. We need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven. Pour your spirit out, pour your spirit out. Oh. 
seated just for a few minutes as we celebrate communion. We do this every week. It's really been foundational for the life of the church for all its history. So you'll see, hopefully you got a cup when you came in. We do this every week. If you didn't, you can grab one the next time you're here. Uh, and I'll just tell you this, the top layer is the bread and the bottom layer is a drink, so there's two layers on there. And we don't have stipulations of membership that you have to be part of the Wesleyan Church, we say if you want to be pursuing Jesus, we think this is a wonderful understanding and just a way to ask God to give you grace and his presence. And so if you don't feel you're in that place, you're not required to, we don't want you to feel like you have to or feel any obligation. And I want to tell you, if you responded to Christ today, what a, what a beautiful first thing to do. I'm going to celebrate communion with all of those that I'm in fellowship with. Pretty awesome. And then for all of us, you know, communion is a place where we should be most centered on the fact that no one's greater and no one's lesser. <laughs> We're all of infinite value at the foot of the cross. Sons and daughters, crazy and sane, struggling and thriving, because every one of us is infinitely loved, and God created us for something unique that no one else will do. We're not meant to be someone else. You get that at the cross? You get that when we celebrate who he is? On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it, and he gave thanks. He said, this is my body, and it is given for you, and you, and you, and you. Like, we get to receive because of what he's done. He is for us. He loves us. He's with us. Let's receive. On the same time, on the night he was betrayed, he took the cup, and he said, this is a covenant in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. And to a Jewish mind, it was always sweet. Because forgiveness, washing away the bitterness of our brokenness and sin, tell me that's not sweet. That is sweetness. And that is joy. And that is life. We have the spirit of adoption. We are sons and daughters. And by the way, we're meant to share it and help others discover it. Let's take of the cup. Lord, I am asking for a sense of the sacred of what you're doing in the sacrament 
of your grace and your goodness upon us now. Amen. Let me invite you to stand. We're going to close out our time singing the rest of this song. You can sing it both as a proclamation and as a request. God, we want all these manifestations of who you are, of your prophesying, of your dreaming, of your life infused into us. Let the world be changed by you. Let's sing of this together. church with you. Just love it. I want to give you a blessing, and before I do, I'll tell you, next week, uh, we have David Brittner with us. David's the head of Juice for Jesus, and we've, he's, we've really built a good friendship with him and love him, and uh, he'll be just kind of communicating some fatherly things on Father's Day and some of the fatherhood that way. We can't wait to hear from him, and I'll be here with you next week, too, kind of as a send-off for me and Jane as we head out. We'd love to see you next week, too. So maybe place your hands up and give you a blessing. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, the grace that is abundant, proactive, and sacrificial, be with you. May the love of God, the love of the Father that is radical and relentless, just fill you. And may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the one who falls with you, the one who counsels and comforts and guides, the one who has made you an adopted son and daughter, be with you. And may you live and love differently as we build up his body together and reach out to people as you go as part of his presence where no one else can to love people in ways no one else can. May you do that in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.